Hi, this is Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden and Smith Cotson. You're listening to Appetite for Distortion. Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 255. My name is Brando. Coming up in just a moment, Adrian Smith from Iron Maiden will be joining us. He and Richie Kotzen have a new album coming out entitled, appropriately enough, Smith Kotzen. So we'll be talking to him. And after we speak with Adrian, we'll be doing some shotgun news. But I need to set up this interview first because of the awkward nature of which I jump right into it. So if you are a fan of the podcast, you are aware that in addition to this Appetite for Distortion podcast, I work for uh, Premier Radio Networks, iHeartRadio, and this passion project, this podcast, at times, like today, I've been able to infuse with my real radio job. So I am currently running a two-hour radio tour for Adrian Smith, which means, as he's promoting this new album with Richie Kotzen, he is talking to different radio stations around the country. So it's my job to get him on the phone and to get different radio stations on the phone and have them together, you know, and then uh, record it and all and all that fun radio stuff. And this time, because that's something that I do do, but I'm also one of the stations to connect to. So here we go. All right, Adrian, your next interview is with me. Oh, it is? <laughs> yeah, I'm Appetite for Distortion, if you're looking at your schedule. Oh, okay, okay. You know, it's interesting, and I like breaking down the the fourth wall for my listeners. I let them know that, you know, the, the, the podcast I do infuses with my, my regular radio job and I'm on the phone with Adrian Smith for two hours. So I feel like I know all the answers to the questions and now I'm just asking you <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be annoying. But you know what? A good way to hide underneath that, I think, is through my, my listeners because they were excited to hear from you. Uh, this is from Tommy Bell from New Jersey. So he simply asks, uh, how did the collab with uh, Richie Kotzen uh, come about? How did it come to fruition? Um, I've known Richie for seven or eight years um, and uh, became friends, uh, did some jamming, you know, uh, I've got, got a house here over on the west coast so I have a studio, I have friends over, Richie and I jammed a lot, we played a lot of old uh, 70s stuff and um, we thought it'd be, someone suggested we write together so we, we gave it a shot and um, we got on great and um, next thing you know we got an album, you know. Amazing. And I, I love how I've heard that answer <laughs> for an hour and a half. Already. <laughs> it, it's not it's not your fault. You know, to break even more of the fourth wall, because Richie currently is also doing a two hour radio tour, talking to radio stations all across uh, the United States. So I want to know, yeah. do you like after something like this? Because obviously this isn't your first rodeo. Do you guys talk about like, hey, you know, that that radio interview was great. That was not good. You talk about, you know, interviews in addition to everything else you talk about. Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know, I've, I've seen some of the stuff which is, you just got to got to make sure he's, he's saying nice things about me, you know. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
because I've heard you I, again. It's like it's so I can't help but be real because you had mentioned throughout the interviews I heard this morning about all the collaborations you've tried and, and perhaps they haven't reached the level of this with Richie. So what was it about yeah. Richie that you connected with? Was it uh, lyrics? In addition to lyrics and music, perhaps maybe a favorite TV show or sport or like what really bonded you guys together? Because you both have been in the industry for a while. So for this to finally come out? I like, you know, I like his, his solo work. I love his singing and playing, you know. Uh, that's that sort of stuff I listen to, uh, you know, for, for for sort of relaxation. I love uh, I listen to soulful rock music, you know, uh, whether it's heavy or if it's if it's bluesy, you know. I like something with heart and soul, you know. Maiden's got heart and soul, you know. It's real, and uh, you know, Richie, what Richie does, you know, he's obviously comes from the right place, so. Uh, you know, to, to work with someone like that, you're going to get something, you know, real and genuine. You know, um, it was uh, a, sort of a labour of love. This album for for me, anyway. I wanted to do an album like this for years. I'm sort of almost a tribute to bands that inspired me when I to to, to play music in the first place. That's not to say it's a rehash. You know, it's a jumping off point. It's a starting point, and then you go from there. You need, you know, you need the, the initial inspiration. But um, working with Richie, yeah, I mean, you've got such a great range to his voice. It allows me to sing, but I don't have to take the whole burden of everything, you know. So we share the singing and playing, and um, I don't think he's ever done that before. I'm used to it, you know. But um, so maybe it's interesting for him, you know. Right on. Uh, this question comes from Scott Sweeney. So when you guys are, are jamming or coming up with new riffs or song ideas, is there a way of knowing that this is going to work for this project or perhaps you're like, you know what, I'm going to save this for Maiden. You know, he's going to save this for another project. Is there a way to, to differentiate, to kind of know uh, what idea is going to go where? Very good question. Um, yeah, I do, uh, yeah, I do keep some stuff back um, for Maiden. Um it's usually fairly obvious, but it's very spontaneous. You know, I have a phone uh, that, I, that I put ideas on, you know, probably a lot of musicians do. Um, you know, you put all these crazy ideas down, but I never refer to it. I, I hardly ever, it's always, you know, writing with Richie, for example, I get up in the morning and I, for a couple of hours, I play around and come up with a riff, then I take it to Richie and then we develop it. It's, you know, right off the bat, most of the ideas were completely uh, fresh, and that's a great way to, to to write. You know, and I think it's obvious when you when you're working, you'd be playing around, and then one of you will say, "Oh, what was that? That's good." There's something about those um, sequence of notes that has an energy, and then it's a starting point, and then maybe you'll have a title, or you just keep singing this one phrase or melody, and it almost writes itself it's just like it's it's out there and you've just got to grab it out of the air you know tune into it and you know having someone um, to collaborate with makes that easier sometimes right on and I bet Scott will be very happy to say hear that you know Adrian Smith said he had a very smart question I always give my listeners credit I'm not going to take that <laughs> for, for, for his uh, another question from a listener uh, this is from Chris Romano because you've spoken about uh, several times this morning about your your book that came out uh, Monsters of River and Rock which is about yeah. fishing in your in your life right once things That's, yeah are you planning a promotional book tour much like uh, Bruce Dickinson did with his book once things settle down calm down I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe. Um, obviously, it was very difficult during the pandemic to uh, do anything like that. It was all on the phone or 
uh, online, you know. Um, I suppose the normal thing would would be to go out and do uh, some sort of tour, go to this book signing. Yeah, I'd love to do something. Meet the people who bought the book. Yeah, it'd be great. Love to do that. But um, hopefully in the future, you know, when things get back to normal. You can combine the uh, Richie, the, the Codson uh, Smith tour with selling books. I don't know. You, you can make it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I can have a little. I can have a little little uh, store set up in the foyer of the gig and uh, get out there and. Yeah, have like a little kiosk of books. Yeah, a little kiosk a kiosk of books in like the pit or something like that. You can create something new. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is next? Or are you just focused on this at the moment? Are there is there like an, a plan that's just like an idea right now that you haven't formulated yet? Uh, what's the next big thing that you perhaps want to, you know, chomp your, put your, sink your teeth into? I don't know. I've been pretty busy with a book and then uh, doing uh, Smith Cotson. Um, of course, there's, uh, you know, Iron Maiden stuff. I mean, we've got a whole summer of uh, shows going right through to Christmas. Um, book 10, whether they will happen or not, we don't know yet. But as far as I know, they're, you know, they're still up. Um, so that's my, my next thing. I'll be doing some more writing with Richie while I'm over here in L.A. Or, you know, um, hopefully. Um, you know, we, we want to do, do uh, Smith, more Smith and stuff. We'd like to do some shows towards the end of the year, if that's possible. You know, so there's lots of things in the future that keep me busy. Cool. And at least we have uh, two more things to keep you busy this morning because uh, my as I wrap up my portion of the interview and also as I'm home, my cat is walking on the mixer. So I really hope he doesn't hang up on you by accident. GB, please get down. Uh, cause we have Never two- work with children and animals, I say. <laughs> it's the way it is now. Uh, so we have two more stations coming up, Louisville and Arizona. We're going to get to that. And uh, just I will say from my end, wrap up my portion. Adrian, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, no problem. All right, got Richie off to the next station, and you and I, we can we could talk a little bit. <laughs> oh man, that's uh that's fun. I love to show the behind the scenes as much as I can, you know, on a podcast. Uh, but if you've seen on the Zoom interviews I've done, my my cats like to make an appearance, and I was holding my breath. I'm not gonna lie to you, you know, about this new setup that I have at home with a larger mixer to be able to run these radio tours. That one of my cats likes to jump on it, you know, like Apache, jump on the mixer. And there are times he jumps on the mixer and presses buttons with his little feet. And it's one thing when he does it when I'm not using it. But when I'm using it, it's, uh, it's, it's alarming. It's like, get out of here, dude. <laughs> get out of here. Uh, and I know many of you crack up because uh, I posted a picture on Instagram, Appetite for Distortion on Instagram, of my current setup. Uh, at, at home and uh, I was, it was Jason uh, I want to make sure that I, I get the, the name right a great listener on on Instagram Jason Veal he's like no like that's, that's not real I don't see any cats getting in the way well shortly after that picture was taken of my home setup believe me GB jumped on it <laughs> and for those of you who care it's GB uh, my girlfriend named it fiance named uh, uh, after her grandpa Bill so that's what I said before when you were like, when you, <laughs> I'm interviewing Adrian Smith. <laughs> get out of here, GB. <laughs> Nothing I thought I would ever say. Uh, before we get out of here, let's do some shotgun news, shall we? News. There are a few things that I would like to mention in the GNR news department. 
obviously not about music. Uh, but this one is this is interesting. You can read about it at al.com. Uh, our buddy Matt Wake, uh, he I, I tweeted at him when I and I'll, I'll make sure I want to give everybody credit. You know, uh, I, I'm I'm in a lot of different Guns N' Roses Facebook groups and you know follow Twitter pages and stuff. But there's and I believe it's run by Tim Tricoli. He does the Guns N' Roses Collectors group, and I saw that he reposted an I guess an article from backstageauctions.com and then I, I tweeted Matt well the, the point of this story is his is Izzy Stradlin's guitar is up for sale up for auction his uh, 1987 Gibson ES175D and I'm not a guitar so forgive me if I'm not saying that as uh, as hipply as I could but it was owned by Izzy Stradlin and it's it's up for sale right now. Starting bid is fifty thousand dollars. I believe the the auction is currently up. It ends uh, the 29th. and it it is real. We know for a variety of reasons it's real. Uh, Tracy Guns, uh, he actually tweeted on the thread uh, between Matt Wake and I that said it confirming it's real. But I'm also because he's a former guest, uh, Howie Hubberman. So Howie, if you recall his episode of Appetite for Distortion early on. It was with Billy Rowe, I believe, from Jet Boy. Talk about the early days, kind of what they call the ground zero of Guns N' Roses. And he gave, you know, GNR a lot of the early uh, instruments, Howie did. And initially, I thought Howie was the one that put it up for sale. Because the story goes, it's not like Izzy needs the money. He already sold this guitar. Uh, there's a story, again, behind it. If you want to go, uh, it's up on backstageauctions.com. It's on al.com. Uh, as well, the, the articles by Matt Wake. He's really invested in this story because um, he doesn't have the money to invest. <laughs> Many of us don't have the money to invest uh, $50,000 to buy it. But I asked Howie, and just to a little, elaborate a little bit on it, and he says the guitar is actually being offered by the current LA Guns manager. So that is who is currently putting up Izzy's guitar on, on auction. So... How, how are we going to do this? Is one person going to buy the guitar for $50,000? Are, are a few of us going to pull some money? Like that Simpson episode, what was it, like three men, uh, three boys on a comic? When they all bought, when it was uh, Bart, uh, Milhouse, and uh, Martin, I believe, all bought the uh, Radioactive Man comic. And they're like, oh, we, let's pull our money. But when the time to go home, they all went to go to their separate ways, holding on to the comic, and they're like, uh-oh. What do we do when you have to schedule days? So are, are, are 10 of you GNR fans going to buy this, buy Izzy's guitar and, and figure out who gets it on what day or what month? <laughs> Crazy. But anyway, I'll, I'll keep you abreast of that situation. Of course, follow on social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter at the AFD show for any news updates regarding Guns N' Roses. And the other thing that I, I want to mention and this is a little bit uh, of, of a serious turn here, but uh, if you saw it on social media, I, I, I reposted what Melissa Reese had actually just put on Instagram. And if you pay attention to the news, I, I try not to. I, I'm proud of myself that I'm watching the news less and less and less since our election here in the United States. I just have other things in my life that I really want to divert my attention to, like this podcast. But if you watch the news... Sometimes you're you're aware you want to be aware of what's going on still in your country. So unfortunately, very unfortunately, there have been some Asian hate crimes. 
Um, I don't want to get into it too deeply. Certainly do not want to make this political, but I think it's important to share what Melissa Reese had to say because I'm a huge fan of hers. I hope to really one day get her on the podcast. So Melissa puts this up on her Instagram. I'm so appalled by what's been happening in this country. I'm also scared, especially for my mom. My sisters and I are biracial and are proud to identify as Asian American women. The group that has seen an alarmingly disproportionate rise in violence against it within the last year. In the past few days, I've been at a loss for words and have felt pretty paralyzed by all of this. I've donated to some of the victims' families, but I'm finally saying something on social media because of my desire to raise awareness and understanding its importance in stopping these heinous acts against the AAPI community against women has overpowered all of my fear slash freezing, compelling me to act. Then Melissa added, friends, please raise awareness about this with me. Speak out and commit to protecting and or standing in solidarity with the AAPI community. Donate, reach out to your AAPI friends and check in, especially if they are older. Please just do something uh, that's, uh, that lets the world know that this isn't okay with you either. And you are willing to take an action on behalf of the safety of your AAPI sisters and brothers because you too understand the shit needs to fucking stop. And it does. So I'm taking an action now, you know, with my little platform here. You know, I, I certainly have listeners of all races, creeds, colors, sexual orientations, political beliefs all over the country. And it's great. We all meet here to talk about Guns N' Roses. But it's frightening. It's what's going on. It's just like you look out, you got, you got to go with Marvin Gaye with it. What's going on? Or, of course, more appropriately, Axel. What's so civil about war anyway? But, you know, again, I'm not going to go too deep into it. Uh, this podcast is to get away from all that. It's an escape. It's an escape for me. Hopefully it's an escape for you. So uh, within that, while we have a good time, as you know, we talk about serious things. Talk about mental health, which certainly this is affecting. Uh, many Asian American people out there. Uh, so I just wanted to get that out there and uh, thank you to Melissa, Melissa for putting it out there, for, you know, for speaking up. Definitely uh, very proud to have her uh, part of, of Guns N' Roses. So that does it for this portion of Appetite for Distortion. Actually, this episode of Appetite for Distortion. I'm already thinking ahead because while this may be uh, an episode on the shorter side, the next episode is not. I have a feeling I'm going to be talking to journalist David Wild for a long time uh, for next episode. That's right, David Wild. You may remember him. He did the uh, the interview with uh, Axel Rose for Rolling Stone in 2000, and he was actually the last person at Rolling Stone that Axel spoke to. And David Wild is is uh, thanked in the uh, liner notes on User Illusion. And what's funny. He is, I, I saw this because, you know, with Twitter and Facebook, all these social media, other accounts pop up, what your friends like and retweet pops up. So I just saw Matt Wake retweet David about voting in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I responded, you know, let's get Soundgarden in there. And then David, next thing I know, he, he, follow, he proceeds to follow me and then inboxes me and says, I'm a big fan of your podcast. I'm actually a little surprised you haven't asked me to be on before. <laughs> I'm like, what? You know who I am? And I didn't even have to sell you about becoming on? Okay, great. And it happened just like that. 
So next episode, David Wilde. As far as more guests to come, which they will, Facebook, Instagram, uh, again, YouTube, uh, putting a lot more episodes, working that hard on that. So please follow and subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to, as the, the weather gets warmer here, at least uh, in New York, if you want to start wearing short sleeves again, you know, plenty of T-shirts available at redbubble.com, Appetite for Distortion T-shirts. Okay, so when are you going to see the next episode? Who's the next interview going to be? Well, I guess I told you. But uh, when is that going to come out? Ah, well, the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy. I don't know soon as the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.